0: Welcome to the Chabad Around the World podcast. My name is Mendy Bressinger, and I'll be your host, taking you on an adventure every single week. Together, we'll fly out to remote places around the world to meet up with the Chabad emissaries, hear about their stories, their daily activities, and the inspiration that keeps them going on a daily basis. Without further ado, I welcome my good old buddy, yeshiva mate. Mendy Sternbach from Lagos, Nigeria. Mendy, you wanna tell us a little bit more about yourself and then we'll jump into uh, Nigeria. First
1: of all, thank you very much for having me in your lovely community here. Um, I've been to Montreal as a child several times. Uh, Just north of Montreal, there's a a Jewish boys camp. I've been there several times. And um, right before we met, We actually were uh, in Cote St. Luke. Uh, We did a camp there for Rabbi Roskin. So that's my little experience with uh, Montreal. Beautiful place, beautiful community, Uh, really a a lovely place to be and also in the Jewish sense. And uh, Rabbi Mendy, I wanna say that, yeah, that's true. We, We weren't really so close in yeshiva, but one thing I noticed about you, you were always there to help out the other students that were struggling, whether with whether it was with reading or emotionally, or they had some challenged friends, uh, you were there to always support them, and uh, that's really a, a Chabad rabbi uh, just in a little miniature uh, level. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Your, your path was certain. Um, <laughs> so, what brought me to Nigeria? So, uh, like Rabbi Mendi, we uh, all, all Chabad Yeshiva students we take a, a Kind of a lapse year, if you would say, where we don't fo- we don't we stop focusing on our own learning, on our own growth, and we we rather we focus on helping the younger students. So we go together in groups of five to ten yeshiva students, and we go down to the um, uh, other yeshivas or or what they call masiftas, which are high school equivalent, and to create programs to encourage the children to get involved. Uh, sometimes they can be specific yeshiva for uh, boys who don't fit in so well into the regular yeshiva system. So um, it can all be the base, uh, based on your personality. So I've been to uh, in my year, they sent me off to India, uh, which was my first experience in a, what we call a third world country uh, or more of a, a, cha- a developed a developing country. Uh, ever, uh, since then, I returned. I got my uh, rabbinical degree. Um, and about just about that time, in the end of 2014, I came to Lagos to help out the community here. There was another Chabad just recently established in Abuja, which is the capital of Nigeria, and, uh, and that's an hour flight away from Lagos. And they needed some help uh, since the rabbi couldn't be in two different places at the same time. Uh, so I came once, and uh, to be honest, <laughs> it was a, v- a very, very challenging experience. Uh, Nigeria was tough, it was rough. Uh, from the airport already, we had a really difficult time. Um, those of you who have been to these kind of countries know that uh, uh, white privilege doesn't exist in Nigeria. Over here, <laughs> in these kind of countries, it uh, there, there doesn't exist. Um, so uh, it was really, really hard. And when I left, I mean, the community was beautiful. But when I left, I told the rabbi in Abuja, I said, uh, adios amigo, I'm not going to see you again. Not here, at least I'll meet you in New York or wherever, but I'm not going to come back here. Uh, little did I know that the rabbi had other plans for me. Uh, I started, he called me back for Hanukkah. And he said, you need to help us out. You've been here, you know the place. To bring a new rabbi here, it will be too difficult. So I came back for Hanukkah, then I came back for Purim, for Passover, and then many years later my wife-to-be uh, was actually volunteering in the Chabad in Abuja by the other rabbi. Uh, she came down, she's a girl from France, from Paris, um, a Chabad family, and uh, she just finished her high school and she was interested in volunteering for a year uh, with the Jewish community of Nigeria. and. Uh, the rabbi uh, introduced us and asked us to go out for coffee together and uh, like a real shadchen, uh match, a Jewish matchmaker, he, he uh, how do you say, it? I don't want to say he lied, but uh, <laughs> uh, he, he made things look a lot be- more beautiful on both sides and we both said no and he told us, but what am I supposed to tell Mazal, Mazal already said yes and he told Mazal, Mandy already said yes, he agreed to go out with you, I can't tell him no now. But, uh, uh, about a, a few months later, we were married together in Paris, we had a large delegation fly in from uh, Nigeria. Uh, several Nigerians as well, non-Jews flew in uh, to celebrate with us in Paris. And, and um, now here we are just this past November at the Chabad World Conference, uh, they made the uh, official announcement that we're opening up the 11th Chabad House in Central Africa. When I say Central Africa, that is to exclude the Chabad houses in North Africa and the Chabad houses in South Africa, which if you include those you would hidden close to 100. But in Central Africa, we are number 11. So my wife and I, we have been very blessed to service this community and uh, to many, many great more years. Uh, I just want to uh, introduce Nigeria a little bit to you guys. Uh, Nigeria is an artificial country in the sense that it is a really, like just like the Middle East, it is a collection of several different tribes. Uh, there's probably over 200 different languages. Um, I see your questions on the side and I'll get to them shortly. Uh, there are about 200 different uh, languages here in the country. Uh, the British were ruling this area and they did not leave a positive mark here. They did pretty, pretty bad things Um, And throughout Central Africa, they were really, really, when I I say, if I'm gonna say not nice, it's an understatement. Uh, Until today there is infighting into the country because they bunch together people who have no um, connection to one another. Um, There's a lot of exploitation by the Europeans, uh, mainly in the uh, oil sector, Uh, So, Nigeria suffers from rampant corruption that was really, um, I don't want to say instituted, but it was enhanced or encouraged by the Europeans, the French and primarily the British. So Nigeria is a very, very tough place for the average Nigerians. The people on the top have a very good life. You wouldn't imagine how rich people can be, um, but for uh, even the people that work for them, it is a, a really, really tough, tough life. Uh, so we are here to service the Jewish community. Um, and I'll talk about our work with the Jewish people and our ta- and, and and our work, what we do, our humanitarian projects that we do with the local population, whether they're Muslim or they're Christian, um, kind of like a Tikkun Olam program uh, under Chabad. So um, our community, um, We'll start off with, uh, I see people asking about kosher food. Um, everything here in, in this country, is, it gets more difficult by the day. I've been here for about six years um, and, I'm, uh, and I'm just learning about how difficult uh, things can be. So importation uh, is, is very complicated, but uh, we, we, uh, whatever we can source locally, we do. Uh, for example, fruits and vegetables, we get that locally um, because I knew I'm going to be moving down to Nigeria. I learned uh, shechita, uh, kosher ritual slaughter of birds. Um, I did not study for, uh, for animals, uh, for cows or sheep because um, since that is something very, very complicated according to Jewish law and the quality uh, in Nigeria is, is very poor. The, the reason for we, we actually do slaughter chicken here is because we have an Israeli company. We have several Israeli companies, but primarily one company that uh, uh, takes, that uh, breeds uh, day old chicks and they sell it to the local population and they t- take care of the food, the vaccinations, et cetera. So um, uh, in Nigeria, it is probably the healthiest bird. So we, as long as this Israeli company is here, we will continue to purchase a uh, chicken from them and slaughter it here. Um, uh, the other things we do is we actually uh, import um, a lot of Israeli products. Many Israeli our community is primarily Israeli. We do have uh, some uh, Americans, uh, Canadians. We have an Abuja, not by me, but um, uh, I am the I'm the shochet. Uh, so the question just came, in. I'm the shochet for the chicken, but not for the for the beef and the, for the lamb. Um, So the Israeli community, they really enjoy having their own home uh, foods, Uh, their bamba, their pisli, uh, if if you're familiar with that. So we actually uh, import that uh, once a year or twice a year. We import a container load of kosher food. Uh, For example, our Passover matzah uh, was shipped uh, about just after Sukkot. We uh, shipped uh, the food. It takes many months to reach here. Uh, and then we get stuck at the ports. Uh, if you read between the lines, what it means getting stuck in a third world country with a lot of corruption, you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, so we have to navigate all that. Uh, we're, we're rabbis that we wear many, many hats. Um, so that's how we deal with kosher food. Um, we have uh, just now, we had to alter our regular plans for Tubishvat, that a normal year we would have a very large event Uh, with many dried fruits from Israel and this year of course it became a very big challenge. Uh, So what we did was my wife prepared uh, little shovels and uh, with fruits from Israel that uh, we were able to get on one of the last flights out before Israel closed their airport and um, we were able to give that out to each person in the community individually. Um, That is for that and then we're dealing with uh, uh, Purim. Our policy is that we don't want to give in or give up. There, it's very easy to say. That's what it, th- this is. What there is. This is what gave God gave us. This is the situation. Take it and you know, go back to your corner. Uh, but us as Chabad rabbis, we are responsible for every single Jewish person in our country, and uh, we're here to take care of their spiritual needs and their physical as well, as we'll speak about shortly. And uh, for that reason, we uh, we will always find alternative methods to best serve our community. I'm sure Rabbi Bresinger does amazing work at that as well. Uh, so for him, we're gonna be having several different smaller parties throughout the city. We generally fly in uh, two rabbinical students uh, to service our community and several other smaller uh, uh, pockets of Jews throughout Southern Nigeria. Uh, some of you are familiar with Port Harcourt, Ibadan, and Shagamu. So uh, we send uh, people over there um that is uh for that and then passover uh usually we have a major uh community-wide event uh Rabbi i'm sure will show some pictures shortly um where we well, we have the matzah that we come in and uh, we prepare the children uh several weeks in advance they generally do a presentation um which what's what's amazing about these children is that uh, that uh most of them are israeli they speak a fluent hebrew much better than me probably better than Rabbi Bresinger as well. Um, they, they have the accent, they have the uh, chutzpah that the Israelis are known for, but they actually do not know how to read or write Hebrew. Uh, their parents are Israeli, they speak to them in Hebrew, but they cannot read or write not even one word in Hebrew. Uh, and that's one of the things that we are, uh, that one of the challenges we are t- uh, taking upon ourselves is to educate these children that to give them their heritage. The Jewish heritage does not belong to the religious people or uh, Chabad rabbis, but rather it's a heritage of every single Jewish boy and girl. And so my wife uh, opened up a Hebrew school um, uh, to teach the kids Hebrew. Now during uh, COVID it's one-on-one, so she's busy around the clock, uh, dancing around all the kids, the different schedules that they have when, when they're on Zoom, off Zoom, etc. Um, but then uh, before the holidays, uh, my wife gets the, the children together. They create a short skit and, uh, and a song. So in the middle of the Passover Seder, once we're done the uh, manishtana, the children get up and they show the parents and the community what they've been working on so uh, for such a long time for, uh, which is a very beautiful thing. And um, and I, I love to to tell people overseas. They say, look. Look, this is what we're doing here in our community. You can do so much more and in a much easier way. So yalla, go do it. (laughs) Um, And then we have uh, Lagbo Omer. Lagbo Omer, Chaba is known to make many uh, large parades. Uh, So also here in Nigeria, a parade on on the streets can be a bit uh, challenging from a security perspective. Um, Okay, yeah. Here, I'm going
0: to share some pictures of... uh, Try to find the Lag Boma parade you showed me. These are just pictures from Nigeria. I guess you could, Menachem, Mendy, you could continue, and we'll uh, try to will will run through the pictures over here.
1: Okay, this boy right here, um, his uh, his father is Nigerian, his mother is Israeli. Um, we of course we took good care of him. We prepared him for his Bar Mitzvah, and thank God he moved back to Israel and is uh, living a lot more uh, stronger Jewish life. Incredible. This is in the, uh, the first, uh, I don't want to say the largest, but it's the first mall in Nigeria, mega plaza. So this uh, gentleman um, uh, is the owner of it. We actually got made his chuppah, his wedding in Israel for him.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Um, so, okay, this is uh, more Jewish people throughout the, the country. Uh, this is you said
0: okay. you had a story about this one?
1: Okay, so this is RCC. RCC is uh, some of you are familiar with the Solelu Bonem. It's uh, the largest uh, Israeli—I I believe it's the largest Israeli construction company. Uh, in, it it has—they do work all over the world. Uh, so we were visiting them in a, in a really uh, far-off, uh, pretty much a dangerous place where there's a, a lot of security to reach there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm talking. Mm-hmm. I can um, So actually the, the project manager, the one right to my left, the second from the left, uh, he, he's not Jewish, he's an Arab from somewhere in Israel, but he said, Rabbi, you know, thank God you finally came, uh, this is a Jewish company, I have Jewish people working and living here, I need you to put up a mezuzah. And I, I thought that was amazing how an, uh, a Muslim, an Arab, uh, in Israel, they, people don't trust them. But here in Nigeria, we're able to really live at peace and unity together. Um, they're really from totally the opposite I- sides of the aisle on the political spectrum, but they really get together. And he cared for the Jewish people, which most of them, uh, unfortunately, are not so observant and didn't care too much about a mezuzah. But the actually, the Muslim guy was very adamant to get them a mezuzah.
0: Incredible. Well, we definitely uh, can use that encouragement here. We're also in a mezuzah campaign, and everyone can... Uh, we. Here in Montreal, it's a little easier, I guess, to get mezuzahs, right?
1: <laughs> so if you guys can get them, you know, for us to get a mezuzah, it takes us months to, to arrange it and to get it in. Um, here we see some children's programs. Um, and uh, here we have, uh, this is in a, a place called HPI. It's a very, very large Israeli company um, that every single year, they know that when Sukkot comes, you see the, the one of the volunteers on the left. He came with the Lulav and etrog. The whole the whole compound knows when the rabbis come. It's happiness. There's whiskey. There's everybody's (laughs) happy.
0: Okay, you got here's Simchat Torah, right? And yeah,
1: training
0: the children. Beautiful pictures here. Look at this. I want to get to the. uh, Here's. Let's. What do you? What's this over here? Um.
1: So we. Okay, uh, this photo is the, we're reading the Megillah um, in, in one no, of the Israeli sorry. companies.
0: Right, here, I'll stop with the pictures for a moment, but there was a picture there where we you're taking care also of Nigerian children, it looks like.
1: Yeah, so part of our projects, we, um, uh, we have something, an organization called Chabad Aid, like, just like we have um, USAID, uh, so too, we have uh, uh, Israel Aid, so we also have a Chabad Aid. Many Chabad organizations around the world uh, don't just service the local Jewish population, but rather we, they service um, the, the locals, wherever they are. And uh, so we create an organization for our work throughout Africa, and uh, soon is going to be expanding to other Chabad houses around the world, especially in Asia. Uh, so one of the things is we, we've done is we've built, we, we really... Uh, Doing charity in Nigeria can be very challenging, so we it took us a long time to find a, a school that uh, is created specifically for children with special needs. Uh, unfortunately, in Nigeria, the, from their tribal past, they believe that um, children who are different, are special, uh, are possessed by the demon or whatever, and they can do really, really bad things to these children. Even parents do this to their own children. Um, and the few places that do take, accept these children, um, it is very dangerous for the children to be in such an environment. So we found one place just north of Abuja, a city called Kubwa, uh, where, where they created this facility to really help out the, uh, these kids. And we, we saw they were really trained. It was a cr- uh, run by Christian nuns. Uh, so we came there. We saw what needed to be done. Uh, so we, we said we want them to be self-sustained. They shouldn't have to be dependent on uh, donations. So we, uh, we, uh, we got them a candle making machine from China. Uh, we, got the, we trained them how to make different chemicals and soaps so they can sell the, all these uh, different things. And also we created them a little chicken coop so they can sell the eggs. Um, we, all, we got help from uh, Israeli professionals in our community to come there and train them and uh also to create a small greenhouse to grow several vegetables uh and to sell that and make a little bit money um so they won't be a burden on their family instead of just instead of paying and then have all these medical expenses so they can we can minimize those expenses we won't take them away but we can minimize them a little bit um about a year ago we built the first multi-purpose sports stadium uh for these children Uh, Most children in Nigeria, I believe 99.99% do not have a proper place to play football or baseball or soccer. Uh, They end up playing on the street and of course it's very dangerous. Uh, So we wanted to create a place that regular children would want to come there since it's, it's, uh, it's paved, the basketball court is paved or the, the soccer court is, uh, has uh, grass and it's artificial grass so it's all, all year long, It'll be, uh, be used, you can use it. Um, and the, in, we built it on the, in the center, this, what's this hope center, what it was called, run by these nuns so that they would integrate and meet special children and realize that they're not demons, they're not possessed, the regular children just born a bit different than them and they can respect them and learn from them and hopefully you know maybe they can become friends uh, so uh, thank god it was a major success we had some donors coming in from france from uh, uh some uh local donors as well p- uh, pitched in to really make this happen um and thank god whenever we, you know we always of course we need to visit them and to uh, to inspect and make sure things are still up and running and it was a major success. So that is one of the things uh, that you just uh, saw before.
0: Incredible. Incredible. That's, that's an amazing, amazing initiative, uh, Mandy. And beautiful, beautiful. Let's go back a little bit to the pictures. They were really cool uh, here. I see you're holding a a uh, live fish. <laughs> What's yeah. up with the live fish?
1: So, uh, buying uh, fish for Shabbos is not a simple matter here in Nigeria. Uh, you can buy fish, uh, there's plenty of fish. Uh, to buy them healthy and fresh is is a challenge. Uh, so, um, you see it's kind of like under the bridge. Uh, the the market is called under the bridge. It's here in, in Lagos. Um, it's uh, it's always a challenge. Whenever we find fish, we buy as much as we can. We put it into our freezers so we can... Uh, we can buy fish that we know is healthy. Then we have to check under the flaps uh, and make sure it smells properly since um, hygiene is not a high priority in this market.
0: Incredible. And I see that there's uh, definitely fins and scales on this fish, so we know it's kosher.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. We actually we bring children here to the market as well to uh, uh, teach them about that.
0: Incredible. And I guess this is the uh, the kosher slaughtering that you're involved in. Um, yes, here you
1: can see them salting the, the chicken um, before you, you, uh, you, uh, you salt it out and be cleaned out and washed. So you see here, they're getting it ready to salt it for one hour.
0: Incredible. Uh, let's move over to, uh, you have this very beautiful, so what's this setup for? This is for regular Shabbos meals, this amount of guests you have in the Shabbos meal? Or this is a-
1: was the English, uh, English speaker's uh, Rosh Hashanah dinner. You can see the little cups of honey over there uh, on the plates.
0: Oh, okay. So you have also, you deal with English speakers, are tourists, are there there tourists by you?
1: Uh, There are absolutely zero tourists. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not a place that they encourage tourism. It's very expensive to come into the country. Uh, Even a tourist visa uh, costs you about uh, upwards of $350. So there's no tourists here.
0: No, wow, okay. And what's going on here? This is, uh, it looks like you're giving a, uh, a speech over here. Who are you talking to?
1: So uh, these are Igbo people. Um, somebody asked me before about anti Semitism. Uh, I believe this is probably the one country in the world that anti Semitism does not exist. We have crime, but that's petty crime uh, for money. But uh, people love uh, Jewish people here. They believe the um, Jewish people are the children of God. Uh, kind of like the way we look at Olam haba, the world to come. It's something that's not physical, it's something in the heaven. So to the, the uh, Nigerians, when they study the Bible in their church, they look at, uh, uh, at Judaism as uh, the, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, as something from another world. We're not real, we're something spiritual. And then they see a Jew walking down the streets they're like, they're, they're just blown away. They were like, wow, this is uh, Moses' people. They, they come and ask us for blessings. Um, we're able to get things done a lot quicker uh, in the political sense. Um, and, the, and, uh, in bur- and bureaucracy, we're able to pass through a lot of that since they respect Jewish people so much. Uh, so here, and the there's a major thirst for Judaism, for Kabbalah. And so uh, before different holidays throughout the year, I come and I come to their, uh, their centers and I, uh, I teach them about the, the, the holiday and from the biblical ver- view, from the Hasidic uh, view of it. Um, these people are very, very intelligent and knowledgeable people. Uh, they go on Chabad.org. It's the largest faith-based website, I believe in the world. They studied it and they know amazing things. Um, so, um, as, a res- as a sense of respect to our hosts, uh, I always make sure to, um, to come and teach them. Now, during COVID, we're actually having tomorrow uh, a delegation uh, from Ikorodu, a pretty far place from Lagos. They'll be coming in for a Torah class uh, about the, the month of Adar.
0: Incredible. Incredible. The month of Adar is the next Hebrew month, and that means Purim is on the horizon. So that's exciting. And we saw some pictures of you celebrating Purim. Here's more Sukkot and uh, different activities going on throughout the year. Um, I wanted to get to a certain picture here, but while I'm getting to that picture, if you can speak to us. Oh, this is the picture I wanted you to discuss, actually. Perfect, right here. Who are these people and uh, what's going on here?
1: Okay, so like I said, the Nigerians love Israel, love the Jewish people. Um, there's actually a government uh, ministry called the Ministry of Pilgrimage. And yeah, that gentleman with your mouse is on on the right. Uh, he's the minister of pilgrimage for the Christian pilgrimage uh, to Israel. They come in by the thousands every single year prior to COVID. Um, and uh, he came in uh, to light the, the shamash, the, the middle uh, candle on Hanukkah. Um, actually, what's interesting, he posted it on the, gov- the official minist- government ministry's website how proud he was to be invited to the Chabad event. On the left side is Pastor Ituai Godalo. He's a very, very large pastor here in Lagos, um, what we would call a mega church. Uh, he, uh, unfortunately, his wife just passed away a few months back and I was still in Paris. Uh, by my wife's family, and he called me up and he asked me to teach him what is Kaddish, how do we do the Jewish burial, uh, what is the meaning of the neshama, the soul, uh, and he really was interested, and uh, his PA later called me up a few days later when they did the burial for his wife, or I don't know what they called the wake, or whatever it was, uh, he said, the, the pastor mentioned you and, uh, and the Jewish uh, faith, uh, and you see how much respect and love they have for the Jewish people
0: incredible incredible and he called you to find out what uh you know what the meaning of the soul and uh, and he wanted to know more about that that's incredible that's really really inc- uh, so i wanted to just I, I see there's a lot of questions on the chat and i, I want to make sure we get to all of them uh just we, you, t- you spoke about i think Uh, about you know how it is you know the government and how that affects jewish life and it sounds like it's great for jewish life and they have a very high respect and and they think of us as spiritual beings which is definitely has truth to that um how would you feel living there you know just on the day-to-day life you talked about a little bit of crime but and you you spoke about it being a place where they don't encourage tourism how do you feel mandy living there day-to-day do you you know do you stay home at night or what does it feel like
1: um so, okay, I'll, I'll I'll start off like this. It's it's not an easy place. I, we don't kid ourselves, but the rewards outweigh any challenge. Uh, when I, what I mean by that, we have we've been blessed with a, a lovely community that just really supports us and encourages us, and they they really want more programs, more Torah classes. Uh, more bar mitzvah classes, etc. Um, so yes, uh, you know we all have challenges in life. Uh, things here are very different, especially as a boy born and raised in Brooklyn, and my wife is from Paris. It's very different, um, but uh, it's something that we deal with, but we don't get bogged down by it. You know, it's a challenge. Something comes our way, and you know, as Chabad rabbis, we're, we we know to jump. We jump forward. We jump over these challenges. Uh, From a security perspective, uh, we all have to live in uh, compounds that are all uh, secured with barbed wires, and we all have security, Um, and uh, we do have some, uh, we have a large Lebanese expatriate community uh, because of all the wars that are happening in Lebanon uh, amongst themselves, all the infighting, uh, ever since I believe it's the 70s when the Lebanese Civil War started, they started uh, streaming towards uh, West Africa and especially Nigeria. Um, so we're always uh, conscious about these uh, people. Uh, most of them are very friendly. They're not interested in in war or, or anti-Semitism. We have many good Lebanese friends. Uh, some of them are very supportive of Hezbollah uh, and they give them financial support, but they don't um, actually give them uh, they don't actually actively take part in these uh, terrorist activity, but we always have the Israeli intelligence community uh, monitoring what's going on um, and keeping us up to date. Uh, now, just we, there was a, an attack on the uh, on the Israeli embassy in New Delhi in India, so we got calls and uh, Chabad has a security center uh, based in Brooklyn, uh, giving us updates and and uh, so you know we we always. Um, it's a challenge to always remain, keep security on the front of your mind. Uh, but we don't, uh, we're not defined by terrorism because that would mean giving in to them. So uh, we'll just put more security and more focus, but our programs don't stop.
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing. Keep, on keep on pushing forward. Okay, Mandy, this was definitely a journey to be remembered this is something very special and we get and and i understand you're you're actually speaking from lagos right now and i i apologize i kept on calling it lagos but it's not my first time i'm mis, uh, mispronouncing the names of the countries we've been flying to so we're in lagos not lagos okay uh you know sounded more like latkes okay so lagos nigeria so you're there now and uh, you haven't left and uh you're still pushing forward amazing amazing so there's a lot of questions here it's it's uh from in the chat mandy i'm gonna ask you to to go run through them if you can on your own um and feel comfortable with what you want to talk about what you don't want to talk about um what you want to answer or not and then there's a few more that i have so people had sent me privately so then i'll i'll uh, i'll read them out loud and uh and, uh, and see if we can get some answers. But before we go to the questions and answers, uh, Mendy, if there's any pictures that I missed out on that you wanted to point out on uh, a specific something, please do feel comfortable to share. I think you could share the screen. Um, also, I just want to share the screen real quick with everybody here in Montreal or beyond and share with you what's going on on a day-to-day basis, that you could come join us for the Maya Shiva experience. Uh, we have it Sunday to Friday, 12 noon to 1.30 p.m. Every single day, we do the Parsha of the week uh, with, uh, uh, from 12 to 12.45. And then Rabbi Fine takes over with mysticism and Hasidic teachings from 12.45 to 1.30. So everyone can join us on Rabbi Fine's Zoom. You get more information at myyeshiva.ca. And uh, please uh, join us whenever you can, even for, for a few minutes, any day that you can. So with that, I'm going to go back to Mendy. And let's, do uh, you have any any thoughts you want to share? Any questions you want to answer? Uh, or I can read to you if you'd like to, to go that way.
1: So uh, we'll, go, we'll go through some of the questions. Um, how difficult is it for a to sell in a foreign country, like paperwork, living expenses, food? Um, okay, so uh, these are, uh, um, it's actually one of the most expensive countries I've ever been to. Um, you know, we... we the the, the uh, what we call nepa is the nigerian uh, electricity something they, they it's uh, highly unreliable they we, we are so we're running on generator about 70 to 80% of the time uh, so generator is very costly we spend about $1000 a month on diesel for the generator and then another you know f- a few hundred dollars a year on servicing the generator. so these things uh, are very costly, like our rent needs to be paid two years in advance. So right now we're working on negotiating uh, with the landlord to find, to get our own place, since my wife is going to be opening up a school this upcoming year, year in August. Um, so we uh, we're looking to, to sign a contract. Now we have to come up with two years rent. Uh, these are things that uh, are, are, can pose a challenge for a new rabbi, in um, many rabbis have this challenge throughout Central Africa um, because you, there's no credit system, there's no credit card. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's funny, they have something called a credit card and it's uh, your credit limit is how much money you put into it. So it's practically a debit card, uh, unfortunately. And it really, um, a lot of young, uh, not young, a lot of farmers, for example, they have a very big challenge because they have the land and uh, they have the will to grow and export and earn good money, but they don't have the credit. Nobody wants to give them credit to uh, to buy the equipment, buy the seeds or everything else. So uh, this country is, is, is very difficult in that sense. Uh, what about the Igbo people in Biafra Are they really Jewish? Can you comment about the Muslim terrorist book Haram? Okay, uh, Biafra is, uh, it's not many people know, but, you um, uh, Biafra, uh, we discussed in, uh, in the beginning about Nigeria being an artificial country that was created by the British, kind of like that what happened in the Middle East. Uh, they bunched together a bunch of tribes and or in, or in um, India and Pakistan. Until today, we have all these wars because people that are not related to one another or they may have been even rivals were bunched together. So um, the Biafrans, uh, there was a Biafra war uh, with the federal government and the Biafra tribe, and there was a, they, they they created a, um, a siege on the Biafra people, and over a million children were killed, um, which was a horrible thing. Uh, but the Israelis, which I believe was sometime in the 60s, uh, the Israeli government, which was a very young country, very poor country, not a lot of resources, all of a sudden, um, they... Uh, uh, they, they flew in uh, airplanes um, and dropped uh, food parcels into by Biafra. So till today, the Biafrans love the Jewish people. They, um, I'm actually one of the landlords I'm negotiating with. Uh, he, he asked me, what's your name? I said to Rabbi Mendy. He's like, oh, my God, you know, you are, we are the Igbo. We're from Biafra. We love you. And uh, hopefully we'll get a good deal from that.
0: <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs>
1: uh, how many Jews in your neighborhood?
0: So and Mandy, let me just jump in just for a minute. Sorry. And then I want you to continue. Um, so first of all, a few of the questions you may have answered already during your presentation. So if you feel like you've answered, maybe just skip it over because they've the questions were coming in as you were talking. So just keep that in mind. Right. Um, so perhaps they've been answered already. I just want to point out, I want to thank everybody for joining us here today. It is 1245. So we're kind of going to have the we're, we're ready into question answers. Um, this is kind of the plus everyone's welcome to stay everyone's welcome to stay till the very end and i'll be here till the very end and and mandy will stay with us he's giving us from his precious time and we're very appreciative of it but if you do decide that uh you you want to uh, sign off because it's twelve forty-five, and we did say it will kind of tape, taper off then i want to thank you so much for joining us here today please god Keep out, uh, look out for more emails as to our next travels and other upcoming events coming, uh, coming our way. And you should be all getting the emails. If you're not, please let me know. I'll send you the emails. Um, But thank you so much for joining us here today on our trip to Lagos, Nigeria. And uh, okay, Mandy, but that just a cue for you to continue. Sorry, just signing off for the official event. But now everyone's a little bit more Hamish, a little bit more relaxed.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, How many Jews in our neighborhood? Um, The the Jewish community is kind of spread out throughout the city. Um, So we are, uh, if I were to take New York as an example, we would be in about midtown Manhattan. Since uh, we're the most central area, to reach all the Jewish people, all the Jewish people to reach us, it's uh, the easiest. People can come in from all areas, from Leckie, from from the mainland. and it's also the safest area since it's, um, uh, it's very commercialized. So uh, there's a lot of people here. So it's relatively safe. Uh, I even walk around here at nighttime with security, but uh, I, I walk around here. Um, how many Jewish people are there approximately? We have about a 1,000 Jewish people in the country, about 450 in, in Lagos. Um, and then we have uh, a few more pockets of Jews in Ibadan, which is a few hour drive from here, in, in, um, in Port Harcourt, and several other cities in between. South uh, Nigeria, also in Abuja, you have about about where the other Chabadis, is. Uh, you have also about 450 Jewish people, and then another 50 Jews spread out throughout northern Nigeria. Uh, we have uh, for, um, over there. There's a lot of work with the U.S. Embassy. Uh, They have about like 25 Jewish people working there. Um, Every year there's a Hanukkah program just for the embassy people. Have I encountered any anti-Semitism? We spoke about it. It's non-existent in this country. Um, uh, um, About women position in Nigeria. Um, Okay. Women position in Nigeria. Women in Africa are the boss. Uh, (laughs) I mean, women... Nobody ever challenges a woman in Nigeria. I mean, they are what we call the African mama is proud and strong. Uh, They are very powerful. Um, They're very well respected. Uh, They have, uh, we don't have these challenges that we have in the Western world where we come from uh, with women needing to shatter the glass, the the final glass roof. Um, We don't have these problems. Women are highly respected in Nigeria.
0: Perhaps, uh, Mendy, I'll also I'll, uh, open up for uh, anybody that wants to ask questions on the chat now. You can unmute yourselves, I believe, and uh, ask away to Rabbi Mendy. Uh, there are more questions on the chat, and uh, please God we will get to them as well. Um, I see Rachel's raising her hand. Go ahead, Rachel. Of course, the journalist.
2: Yes, fascinating talk, Rabbi Mendy. Um, I wanted to know, what about the um, rate of intermarriage? Is there a lot of intermarriage between Nigerians and Jews? And how does it go? Jewish, Jewish women, Nigerian men, how does it go? Uh,
1: unfortunately, we do have a few cases of intermarriage. Um, they're mostly, f- uh, okay. So mostly who, the people who are hired as expatriates are men um, because only men wanna come and work with, uh, um, with in this tough environment Um, and many of them are single men younger men and they find love here in Nigeria Um, but uh, it's not so common but it happens and you know they're all our brothers and our sisters and we're there to help them cater to them at their own level at their own speed Um, and uh, thank God you know we have a, a lot of trust with the Jewish people uh, no matter their levels of, of observance or, or wherever they may be holding on their views in life. Are there any conversions to Judaism? Uh, from the Nigerians? Yes. So that's a very good question. I'm not, n- neither am I or Rabbi Uzan are ordained to co- uh, conduct conversions. But what we do is we, we direct a Nigerian, we have many, many Nigerians asking us to convert. They're very sincere, very smart, intelligent people. Um, It's a very big misconception people have about Africans. They're very smart people. Um, uh, So we direct them to the chief rabbis in Israel. We tell them, look, go for the hardest and the toughest rabbis, but once you're accepted by them, no one will ever ask a question on your Judaism. And then they'll go to the chief rabbinate, they'll give them a list of uh, things to study, and then we'll learn with them one by one uh, and train them and pre- uh, prepare them for their tests and things like that. Uh, we'll help them with kosher food, with Jewish life. Um, uh, but we don't conduct uh, uh, conversion since we're not ordained in that regard. Okay. Fine.
0: Okay. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, I saw this, another question in the, in the chat. And again, if you want to unmute yourself and ask in the, uh, on the actual, on the mic, the mics are, are all yours. Everyone can join in. Um, a few more questions here on the chat. Uh, is there a mikvah in? Uh, oh, is there a mikvah in Nigeria where you are in Lagos? And then Paul is next.
1: Um, there is no mikvah in Lagos. Uh, there's a mikvah in Abuja. Um, the Khabar of Abuja built a mikvah. Uh, his wife. Before, uh, before they built the mikvah, she, she was also, they're also French, so they had to fly to France, a six hour flight in each direction to use the mikvah. Uh, there, were, there are other mikvahs closer in Africa, but to get there, it would be like 24 hours of flying with connections. So uh, it, was, it was quickest to go to France, but thank God now we
0: have one in Nigeria. Beautiful, beautiful. Paul, go ahead, the Pinchas all the way from Mexico.
2: Hi. Good morning. Good afternoon. Um, I wanted to know uh, my connection cut out. Did you ask the question that I had sent you?
0: Which call, uh, Yeah, you. can you say it out loud to
2: say your question? Sure, sure. Go ahead. Um, the the Muslim population in Nigeria makes up just over fifty percent of the Nigerian population. You had mentioned earlier that the Nigerians, I imagine, the Christians are the ones that love the Jewish people in Israel. What is the sentiment from your perspective of the Muslim population there?
1: Um, Overall, very positive. Um, They're not involved in all the Middle Eastern politics. They don't know, they don't care about it. Uh, Their connection to the Middle East is just about um, um, uh, the Hajj, that's when they fly to Mecca and Medina uh, once a year or once-in-a-lifetime, whatever it is, Um, they don't know, they don't care. Um, I believe that there probably are some Muslims in the North that are more radical, um, just like we had an organization called Boko Haram. Um, You know, there are people who are inclined to get involved in international politics, but I have never experienced them. I haven't heard anybody say
2: something about that. Is Boko Haram designated as a terrorist organization in Nigeria?
1: Uh, I, I'm a rabbi, so I don't want to get too much involved in these matters. Um, they, I, let's just say they're very controversial in, within Nigeria.
2: Good answer, good another, answer. Another question for you on um, the Jewish people that are in Nigeria now. I imagine since they're not there for tourism, it's only for investment. So the Jewish people that are there are there for investment for a period of time and then they leave or are the Jews that are there now have been there for 20, 30, 40, 50 years?
1: So most of the companies that, okay, the way it works is there's largely, there's mostly large corporations that hire uh, expatriate professionals to train uh, Nigerians with their knowledge. So they'll come in for five, 10 years or so and then go back to their home country. Um, the company itself is here for, I don't know, however successful they are, like the Israeli construction companies, some of them are here 50, 60 years, uh, some of them are relatively new, uh, a lot of in cybersecurity security um, or whatever other work they are, um, but the people themselves are here for, the employees are here for 5, 10 years.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Sure. Alrighty. I saw one of the questions was what exactly was the security for, Mendy? Um, someone wanted to know in regards, like you said, you live in, in you know, barbed wire. Why so much security? And then Carolina's next.
1: Um, we have to remember the the people here are very, very poor and destitute. I, I mean, people here have a tough, tough life. Uh, I, I should have spoken about this uh, earlier in the, uh, in the class. Um, the, the Nigerian people have very little, but they're actually very happy people, a lot happier than in the Western world. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, because of their poor state, um, they, they need food. They, they really, they need food. They're they're not robbing to buy a Lamborghini. You know, that's what in, in, in our countries, people commit theft and crime. It's, they're not hungry. They're, They're because they want a better more luxurious life, yes. uh, and we hear they're, they're they're doing they're they're robbing people because they need you know they need money they need clothing, um, so f- so out of desperation people some people what we call them area boys that's what the locals call them here uh, they get involved in some uh, you know uh, some bad practices and they can rob people and things like that but not out of anti-Semitism out of just desperation.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Carolina, go ahead. I think you have to unmute. Yeah, there you go. Hi. Uh, thank you very much, Robert. Mandy was fantastic. Uh, I have a question about like the healthcare system, like how it is. Like, like can you like uh tell a little bit?
1: Yeah, uh, actually, we actually dealt with that uh, just this past week. Um, we had uh, four Israelis from our community medevac to Israel um, uh, they were actually in the local hospitals. Um, just like the rest of the world, they're suffering from uh, uh, very little or limited um, uh, medical supplies. Uh, the, medical faci- the medical facilities are in very poor state. They have private uh, hospitals, but they're, uh, I don't know the medical term, but they're just basically like a holding place until you can get out of the country and get the proper medical uh, service that you need. Uh, the, for the locals, it's very, very tough and very sad. Uh, they, even if they had them, most of them don't even have the money to get proper medical attention. Uh, I mean, people die here all the time for things that us in the Western world, we would never die for. For example, um, uh, malaria. Malaria is a, a relatively easy disease or whatever to, 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 to deal with. I had malaria. My wife had malaria. Many expatriates had them, and we get service. But, um, but the Nigerians, they, some of them actually die from that because they don't have enough money to get medical attention. Um, so the state here, it's, it's pretty rough in that sense.
0: Okay. Someone wants to know what time it is. <laughs> what time is it there, Mandy? 7 p.m. Oh, okay. So you're six hours ahead. Okay. I got it right. All right. Can I ask what's happening with the coronavirus there? COVID. Uh,
1: it's actually pretty funny. Um, initially, uh, I'm talking about for the last, uh, what, we're about 10 months into this, 11 months into this. For the Up until recently, they always called it the white man virus. Uh, because the only people who were getting sick and dying were the white people in Europe and in America, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, they, they were fine. Their immune system, the Nigerians, their immune system, it's very strong. They can overcome all these diseases that most of us would get sick in bed and out of commission. Uh, they will come to work with that. Um, uh, but recently, actually in the last few weeks, there was a major outbreak uh, of COVID, um, <laughs> that really affects, uh, it still affects the white people in Nigeria a lot more than than uh, the actual Nigerians. But Nigerians, are unfortunately, are uh, taking a hit this time around.
0: Okay, uh, some more questions from the chat. I apologize if I don't get to every question, uh, but we have here uh, someone wanted to know. And I also I don't see the names. So I'm Just someone wanted to know um, about how it is, I guess, pre-COVID days, uh, your Shabbos table. How many guests did you have? Uh, how many people came for a regular Shabbos to the prayers? Did you, uh, on a weekly basis, what was that like, Mendy?
1: Um, yeah, very interesting. Uh, some Shabbat, we would have about uh, 20 people. Uh, and sometimes we prefer to have a uh, small, quiet Shabbat with one family, uh, five, six people. Um, that was pre-COVID. Now, during COVID, the maximum we'll have is about like two, three people for Shabbat unless they're all associated with one another in the same company. So then we can go up to like six, seven. Um, That is uh, more of like a self-imposed restriction since the government restrictions are very vague.
0: Mm. Uh Aha. Okay. And and um, some more questions here. How could someone wants to come? Someone's looking to come to Lagos, Mandy. You ready? How do we get there from Montreal? Do you have a, a route for us? You, uh, is there a flight? Is there a straight flights, or how does it work?
1: There's no direct flights. You can fly through um, uh, through London, Paris, or Istanbul. Uh, we'll be here to have you to welcome you with open arms. Uh, whatever you need, physically, spiritually, we're here to service every single one of you guys.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Mandy. I, there's okay. There's I, how I many it,
1: hours? How many hours does it take to get um, there? Probably
0: gonna take you about 16 to 18 hours. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Aliyah is asking, wants to ask a question. Uh, go ahead, Aaliyah. Uh, we, I can't hear, Aliyah, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Oh, there you go. Okay, now we can hear you. Yes. Okay. Thank you, thank you, Rabbi Mandy. That was wonderful. Can you write your email in the chat if anybody wants to send your donations or anything to help you with?
1: Sure, like, sure. That's very nice of you. Thank you very much. No, you, yeah, uh,
0: just write in the chat, you know, your email or any. Or you have a website or anything? How to contact you?
1: That's very nice of you. Thank you very much. Um, I'll send it over to uh, Rabbi Bressinger.
0: Yes, definitely, uh, Mendy, if you want to put it in the chat here on the Zoom, um, that's definitely a possibility, but also Aliyah or anybody else that wants to have more direct contact, you can definitely let me know, text me, WhatsApp me, email me, and I will get Mendy, uh, I'll, I'll get Mendy, wake him up. Uh, Mendy, do you have a website? Do you have a Facebook? Do you have uh, something that's more uh, public that everyone can go visit?
1: Yeah, um... We have, uh, I think our Instagram is more, is, Instagram and Facebook is most active. Uh, Jewish uh, Nigeria. Um, uh, we, we have also our website, ChabadAID.org. Uh, I'm going to write this to you right here.
0: Yeah, the Instagram, yeah. Here, I think you sent me uh, privately, so let me send it out to everybody. Um, the ms at JewishNigeria.com. Is that your email, Mandy? Mm-hmm hmm okay yep uh sorry okay let's do this there we go okay enter okay there you go you have mendy's that's ms and mendy sternbach at jewishnigeria.com i think it's dot com right it's not dot com over there yeah okay oh, no. <laughs> that's a mistake be careful everyone An extra O there An Extra smiley face look at that all right uh chabad ald.org that another website aid aid sorry okay i can't read properly here chabad aid chabadaid.org that's your website now you i guess you can contact mandy through there fantastic okay uh if there's any more questions if you can say them out loud i'm having trouble with my chat i apologize i'll try to have it fixed for next time um if anybody wanted to say something on the mic yes rachel go ahead
2: Okay, because they're supposed to be they're finding out now through DNA and all that and that Jews have always traveled into Africa sub Saharan Africa and they're finding that there may be millions of Jews with millions of people with Jewish ancestry. In Africa, what are we doing about that about bringing them back or you know, have you encountered people with Jewish ancestry.
1: Um, Primarily the Igbos, um, uh, they are, I'll tell you, I'll be very honest with you, I'm not a uh, genealogist or all these kinds of things, Um, neither am I uh, ordained to look into these matters, but so when I came to Nigeria, um, I remember I spoke to the chief rabbis in uh, Johannesburg. Um, because they are the ones that are been in Africa the longest and they told us that they're doing research into the, uh, several of these the yeah. communities mm-hmm. um, and uh, the, the the Jewish tradition there's many different communities the Ebos are very different from the Lemba and mm-hmm. from the Beta Israel they're, they're very very different um, I'll just say from somebody uh, born in Brooklyn, to me, the the whole Africa was one big uh, country and all the same people. But when you come here, you realize they're very different um, and they have very different histories. So uh, people um, uh, need to really be, uh, you know, we we don't actively search out uh, these communities. These people come reach out to us. Uh, That's a way of, to respect the, the, the peace uh, in the country, because there's a lot of religious tensions here. And if people sense that you're coming to proselytize and um, uh, convert and all these kinds of things, it can really um, <laughs> it can really explode and, and turn out very not nice. So we're guests, we always will remember that we're, we're, it's not our country, we're our guests here, and we need to respect the local sensitivities. Um, so therefore we, we don't go out and searching them out. Um, and, uh, we only cater to those who reach out to us. So you saw like in the picture earlier, I give Torah classes, um, to those who want, uh, there's tomorrow, there's a group of people coming, but, uh, I don't actually go out and look for them for this reason of keeping the political peace and quiet. Okay. Fair enough. The Israeli embassy is a, is a lot more, uh, has a, a much more defined line. They will not answer somebody's phone call. If you are um, in Igbo and you are interested in conversion, they will hang up the phone and you. It's uh, so not you. our policy. Uh, our policy is to respect somebody's interested. We're here to teach. We're not here to tell anybody what to do. Uh, you can come, you can learn, and you, you act upon what we teach you in the way you would like to, but we will never tell somebody what to do. Um, That's not our place.
2: Interesting.
0: Okay, Lily, go ahead.
2: Hi. How far are you from Abudga, from that place where your wife has to go to the mikvah? It's like two
0: hours, four hours away. How far do you have to travel?
1: Uh, It's a one-hour flight if the airplane shows up.
0: Okay. And do you, and how far are you from the other Chabad um, areas? Do you ever get together or did you ever get together and do stuff together?
1: Uh, very interesting. So this upcoming weekend is the Chabad Women's Conference. Um, and we're all going to be getting, know, uh, I mean, I'm going to be joining along, but it's mainly for the women. Uh, we're going to be going to uh, Accra in Ghana uh, yeah. to be with our other Shliaf there.
0: I tried to get Ghana, actually, for our Zooming around the world, but uh, still having trouble. So maybe you could speak to Rabbi Majewski there. I WhatsApped him, but uh, maybe tell him how nice we are. We don't bite. <laughs> all right. Rabbi. Yes. Go ahead, Saul. First of all, congratulations. I think your work is fantastic, what you're doing there for the Jewish community and the community and all. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, how many, do you get minions on Saturday and on holidays? And what? How many people do you get? Let's say on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah.
1: Um, very good question. Um, the community is mostly Israeli, and they're not coming from a religious background. Yeah. So uh, a full Shabbos morning minion is is too much for them. So what we do is uh, we have a Friday night minion. Okay. Um And then we have a Shabbos Mincha Minyan, which is much shorter. Uh, that's something that they're more readily interested in. Yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: And on the high holidays, do you
1: get anything? Uh, so, many people want to fly home to be with their families for Shoshana and Yom Kippur. Yeah, so makes um, sense. Yeah. But we have about, uh, I'd say about Yom Kippur on average, about 30
0: people. Wow. That are- Great. Fantastic incredible incredible any more questions on the mic all righty uh, i don't see any hands raised so thank you so much uh mandy this was an incredible journey we are uh signing out from lagos nigeria and and uh you know that's an incredible stuff that you do there mandy for as as Saul said for your for the jewish community and for the larger community incredible how uh, you really are a light upon the nations and you're acting that every single day and uh, we are so thrilled and honored to you gave us a, a lot more than an hour uh of of your busy time to share with us your incredible story it's good to see you I many again
1: to, uh, i want to finish on one last thought um that you know in the, i'm not trying to toot my own horn but you know nigeria is not easy to keep, to keep kosher to study torah uh, everything is a logistical challenge as we should say um so you live in uh, in, in uh, montreal which is a very jewish city you have so much you have so many rabbis on every different level uh, and so guys please i beg you use out uh, your resources <laughs> you have such a, a beautiful community and uh really use it out and appreciate what you have and uh and with that all i will say thank you so much for having me yeah, you really are a beautiful community, and Hashem shall bless you. Shall be strong and
2: healthy, and have, uh, the most important yeah. is unity.
0: Thank Amen. You. Amen.